I want you to hit me as hard as you can. He didn't exactly grow up to be the savior of mankind. Yet, Edward Furlong lived the American dream, which turned into a Hollywood nightmare. But at least he made some good movies in between. He is so much more than just another doomed child star. Many of his performances are so raw and chilling that you forget that he's acting, which is the point of acting. And by joining the Terminator team, Little Eddie served as his own version of an action hero that a younger audience could live vicariously through. Every kid who grew up with action flicks always wondered what it would be like to have a T-800 as a best friend. And Edward showed us that it would be badass and heartbreaking and hilarious. Heck, I even have a John Connor action figure which includes an awesome motorcycle accessory. Yeah, go, go John Connor, go. Ah! His natural street smart vibes helped his performances stand out amongst his peers. His devilish charm was always present. There was always an edge to Edward. Edgeward. But since that groundbreaking role as John Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Edward has had more run-ins with real police than the liquid metal kind. How did this promising newcomer go from the next big thing in Hollywood to the next big has-been? But can he bounce back? I hope so. Join us as we discuss what the fuck happened to Edward Furlong. Furlong or Furlong? 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 Here's a fun fucking fact. John Stewart's character in The Faculty is named Edward Furlong, for some reason. I just want to take this time to say thanks for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. Also, click that bell to get those notifications if you like this kind of stuff. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the fuck happened to Edward Furlong, we must begin at the beginning of the beginning began when he was born on his birthday. 1977, California. Little Eddie never actually met his biological father, and his birth mother had many personal issues, and that resulted with him living with his aunt and uncle, who eventually became his legal guardians. After a horrific custody battle between the three that played out during the filming of Terminator 2, and we all know how life and art are interconnected, so some of that real-life family drama was reflected onto the screen. Are you the legal guardian of John Connor? Most people toil away in the industry waiting for their big break. But Little Eddie wasn't even pursuing an acting career when the casting director for Terminator 2 spotted him at the Pasadena Boys and Girls Club in September 1990. The casting director thought Edward Furlong was perfect for the rebellious teen who would one day save the world. At first, director James Cameron did not want a non-professional newcomer like Edward. He thought that the part of John Connor was just too important to rest on the shoulders of some kid who had never done this before. In order for this movie to work, the casting of this kid had to be perfect. And yes, young Eddie's natural grit and attitude was exactly what they needed. But like James Cameron thought, Little Eddie was very inexperienced and had a difficult time learning his lines, 
and hitting his marks, and became very nervous when the cameras turned on. He had the spirit, but lacked the skills. So many times he almost lost this gig, but after working with an acting coach, he was able to balance his natural bad boy, tough kid persona with his newly developed talents as a professional actor. Thespian. I order you not to go, I order you not to go! There were some issues with his voice changing throughout the film, but the kid was literally growing up and going through puberty in front of the cameras, so it's not his fault. Otherwise, it's a flawless performance from a rookie in a flawless film that became a classic. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, or T2 as the cool kids call it, made a whopping $521 million worldwide and is considered by many to be one of the best action movies ever made, as well as one of the best sequels ever made, as well as one of the best films ever made. And those acting classes paid off as Edward Furlong would prove quite the find as he went on to win the Saturn Award for Best Performance by a Younger Actor, as well as Best Breakthrough Performance at the MTV Movie Awards. Get down. <laughs> Eddie, along with the rest of the main cast, would reprise their roles a few years later for the Universal Studios attraction, T2 3D Battle Across Time, in 1996. This theme park ride, show, which featured 3D filmed footage along with in-person actors, is one of the best attractions Universal Studios ever put out. There's a T1 million, and when it blows up, it squirts water at you. So it's actually 4D. But, as is the case with several iconic rides and attractions at Universal Studios, this one is closed for good. But yeah, the third best Terminator movie is an amusement park ride. I think one still exists in Japan, though. Speaking of Japan, Little Eddie made his way down there and advertised some hot noodles. Then Edward Furlong would star in Pet Cemetery 2, because the world had so many unanswered questions from the first Pet Cemetery, like how to spell cemetery. This one is just kind of a cheap rehash of the first one, but it still managed to double its budget with $8 million. Eddie does alright, but he needed something more to get his career going. Over the next few years, Edward Furlong would appear in music videos, such as Aerosmith's Living on the Edge, while building quite the resume working with some of the biggest names in the business, like Kathy Bates, in A Home of Our Own, for which he won a Young Artist Award. You care more about this stupid shack or this stupid house idea than you do about any of us! And he worked alongside Frank Langella, in the sci-fi slasher Brain Scan, he was in the movie Little Odessa, and worked with Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, and Sissy Spacek in The Grass Harp. And we can't forget the crime drama before and after when Edward Furlong held his own alongside Meryl Streep and Liam Neeson. Young Edward also earned an Independent Spirit Award nomination for his performance in American Heart. And of course, he had to do that teen heartthrob thing and his face was plastered on all those magazines that I swear I don't read. And I didn't know this, but he had a short-lived music career and released an album called Hold On Tight, and I listened to it and it's not good at all. 
Then came the year 1998, and he would begin that year of 1998 by appearing in a comedy film from notorious film director John Waters. Edward says that he took on the role of Pecker in Pecker because he knew his filmography was getting filled with bleak, depressed characters, and he wanted to branch out with a different style of character. And John Waters was the first director to give him that opportunity. Pecker, don't! He would follow that up with one of the most controversial films ever made, not just due to the subject matter, but also because of the behind-the-scenes drama, American History X. This film is about young Edward Furlong as he follows along in his neo-Nazi brother's footsteps, who's played by Edward Norton. American History X was praised for its message of turning your life around, as well as that shocking twist at the end involving Edward. He would be nominated for a Young Artist Award for Supporting Actor. Although American History X was not a hit at the time, it has gone on to become a cult classic, and one of the most intense films of all time. Punk-ass white boy. It was around this time that Edward's personal life started to bleed into the media, when his girlfriend, Jacqueline Domack, sued Edward for domestic abuse. The couple had been dating since 1992, when Domac was 28 years old, and Edward was just 15. They met on the set of Terminator 2. Domac was this child's stand-in and his tutor, and the romance-slash-grooming took its toll on Edward's relationships with his aunt and uncle who obviously didn't approve of the age difference. But it wasn't until 1994 when California changed its statutory rape law to allow prosecution of adult women who had sex with children, that his uncle finally was able to file a complaint against Jacqueline Domac, yet she was never prosecuted. This ultimately led to Edward Furlong becoming an emancipated minor at the age of 15. And you know what? Look here at how this Hollywood news entertainment show, look how creepily they handle this relationship between Edward and this adult woman. That's showbiz for ya. It's 29-year-old Jacqueline Domac. They met on the set of Terminator 2, on which she was his stand-in and personal tutor, and she's been giving him lessons in love ever since. Are you in love? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Then in 1999, Edward Furlong would lead the rock and roll comedy, Detroit Rock City. He played a teenager trying to go see his favorite band, Kiss. The film was not a success, scoring 5.8 million off a 17 million dollar budget, and the critics called it silly and over the top. But Detroit Rock City is now looked back upon as a hilarious cult classic with a great cast. The next year, Edward Furlong would star opposite Willem Dafoe and Danny Trejo in the Steve Buscemi-directed prison drama, Animal Factory. Although not a massive hit at the box office, the film was hailed by many critics as a near masterpiece, with particular focus on the film's strong performances. And Edward Furlong is absolutely amazing in this one. You can really see the pain in his eyes. You could see that he's a troubled person. And is this just his real life problems being shown through his acting? Or is he just that good of an actor? It's probably a little bit of both. Oh, 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 oh. 
Sadly, by this time Edward Furlong's drug use was making more headlines than his acting. He admits that during this time he was a hardcore heroin and cocaine addict, going to rehab for the first time in October of 2000. It was a hard battle that he struggled with for many years that almost killed him many times. He would continue working, popping up in limited release and direct-to-DVD video fare, such as The Knights of the Quest, Three Blind Mice, Intermedio, Cruel World, Venice Underground, as well as showing up in a music video for Metallica, The Unnamed Feeling, and also he was in one of those Crow movies, Wicked Prayer in 2005. In 2006, Edward Furlong would sign on to reprise his iconic role of John Connor in the highly anticipated sequel Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Talk to the hand. However, producers removed him from the project after discovering his drug addictions. He was so gosh darn close to one of the greatest comebacks ever. The studio would replace him with actor Nick Stahl, who was actually battling his own substance abuse issues. Our destiny was never to stop Judgment Day. It was merely to survive it. Together. But the year 2006 wouldn't be a total bust for Edward. He would get a recurring role in CSI New York, appearing in five episodes between the years 2006 and 2010. That's something. He would also star in the independent film Jimmy and Judy in 2006, where he would meet Rachel Bella. The two would fall in love and get married and have a kid. However, a few years later, Bella would file for divorce, as well as a restraining order against the troubled actor, citing drug-infused domestic violence issues. And while dealing with all these criminal and drug problems, Furlong would continue to work in low-budget films, such as The Visitation, High Hopes, Canes, Warriors of Terra, Living and Dying, Dark Real, and an Uva Bowl one-two punch, Stoic, and Attack on Darfur. And he would appear in the Night of the Demons remake in 2009, where he would meet Monica Kina, who he would begin a relationship with. However, as with most of Edward's relationships during these drug-filled times, in 2012, Edward would be arrested and charged with felony domestic violence against Kina. And one year later, he would be arrested again for the same charge. And only two months after that incident, he would be arrested again for the same crime. And actor Edward Furlong has been arrested for violating a restraining order against his wife. Per the order, Furlong must stay at least 100 yards from his estranged wife at all times, but has allegedly violated these terms. Furlong can be seen on the big screen in The Green Hornet beginning Friday. In March of 2013, former child star Edward Furlong was sentenced to 180 days in prison. After being released, he would yet again be arrested for assaulting his then-girlfriend. Although, at his sentencing for this, after serving 61 days in jail, the judge gave him a lenient sentence with five years probation and agreeing to send Fearlong to a 90-day drug rehab facility. 
as well as undergo one year of domestic violence counseling. And you know what? It seems like this is the one that actually stuck for Eddie, as he has kept a clean arrest record since 2013. Hey, man, there's this cop scoping for you. Check it out. Then came Terminator Salvation, which Edward Furlong was also not in. This time they gave his iconic role to Christian Bale, and we all know how that went. This is John Connor. And then there was Terminator Genesis in 2015, with Jason Clark stealing Edward's rightful place as John Connor. But this time he's a John Connor robot. It's very stupid. And since the Terminator franchise didn't want anything to do with him, he continued to work in mostly low-budget direct-to-video films, like Awakened in 2013, not to be confused with Awaken in 2015, and something called Aftermath, Stitch, A Winter's Rose, Crave, Paranormal Abduction. He appeared a bit in the TV show Perception, and we can't forget Arachnoquake, it's your typical earthquake spider movie, the crime thriller for love of money, the Spanish language film Tequila, Absolute Killers, Below Zero, a Star Trek fan film called Renegades. He also did something called The Zombie King with Corey Feldman, where he plays the Zombie King, and something called Matt's Chance, where he plays Matt. Oh, and there was another Uva Bowl film, Assault on Wall Street, and a movie called This Is Not a Movie, but it actually is a movie. He did pop up in a mainstream Hollywood film, kind of recently, as a meth dealer in that Seth Rogen Green Hornet movie, and in the year 2019, he finally got to revisit his iconic character of John Connor. Via facial motion capture, he would reprise his role as John Connor in Terminator Dark Fate. The scene that Edward is in takes place directly after the events of Terminator 2. And for some reason, the makers of this stupid film thought it would be a good idea to kill him off. Kill off child John Connor in like the first scene. This is so wrong on so many levels. Morally, cinematically, canonly. This right here is probably the worst thing ever put in a Terminator movie, or in any movie, ever. And we were teased for so long that this would be a magnificent Edward Furlong return. But I think I speak for everyone, maybe, when I say we were all extremely disappointed. We got a f***ing CGI Eddie who looked like he fell right off Polar Express. And then you kill him? You murdered a child? Yeah, Terminator Genesis is very stupid, but at least you can kind of have some fun with it. But Terminator Dark Fate, it's just so disappointing and painful and disrespectful to the franchise and humanity in general. But Edward seems to be looking on the bright side of things with this Dark Fate. He does consider this somewhat return to the franchise a quote-unquote blessing. I'm glad you think so. At the time of Terminator Dark Fate's release, there were many articles all over the World Wide Web that were written about Edward Furlong and his history of drug abuse and domestic violence. 
many of them asking if someone with that type of history deserves another chance. And I'm never on board with any sort of domestic abuse, but I do believe in many ways a person has the ability to rehabilitate themselves, to look upon their past actions and understand the error of their ways and make amends with their victims, with society, with God, and with themselves. You know what? Maybe we should take the message of American History X to heart, that everybody, no matter what they've done in their past, can work to do better and turn their life around. I believe in you, Edward. We all do. As for his past, it seems that Edward is truly remorseful for his past actions. Recently appearing on his American History X co-star's Ethan Suppley's podcast, Edward discussed that he had slipped up with his sobriety, and at that time in 2001 he had been three years sober. He discusses how he was afraid of finding out the person he was without drugs and alcohol in his life. But he also admits that those years in the clutches of addiction were incredibly scary for him, and he never wants to go back to that life. And we don't want you to go back either. He still makes public appearances, appearing at many Comic-Con convention things, as well as appearing on the celebrity platform Cameo, where he recently discussed one of his most bizarre arrests, that time where he took some lobsters out of their case in a supermarket and had them race down an aisle while drunk. And there was a photo of Edward hanging out with disgusting porn star, alleged rapist Ron Jeremy, at a party, and that photo has gone viral for all the wrong reasons. But it's still kind of a funny meme, I guess. There doesn't appear to be another Terminator movie in his cards, but I say there's still room for Edward to make a major comeback. And if nothing else, Hollywood loves a comeback story. Come on, let's go! Come on, let's go, let's go, come on! Sometimes I sit back and I wonder, what would have become of Edward? if he had never been spotted on that fateful day by that casting agent. Would adult Edward want to send a Terminator to stop that casting director from bringing him into this wild and crazy world of Holly Weird? Would he have lived a more peaceful life? Would his legal troubles and addictions still have happened? Would he have made it in show business in some other way? Is Hollywood his dark fate? The world may never know. We could spend all day thinking about his alternate American histories, his parallel universes, his what-ifs, but I do know that Edward Furlong helped open the eyes of many young moviegoers around the world to experience a wild, wondrous sci-fi action adventure through the eyes of little John Connor if his dang hair isn't in the way. And recently, Edward has actually spoken about how he feels about Terminator 2. But now, after so many years, he's disconnected from that child on screen and was able to truly watch the film with fresh eyes and has said that he is so proud and happy to be a part of this masterpiece of a movie. So thank you, Edward. Hang in there. We're rooting for you. And you know what? Nobody should give a f about what the f*** happened to Edward Furlong, because he's doing just fine. Considering 